Hello, Jacob. Yes. How are you? Great, great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, um, this is our fifth episode. We're, we're going half a half a how do you call it, ten episodes? Yeah, half a decade. <laughs> half a decade. Yeah, we're, we're, we're true. We're trailblazing here. That's right. Um, I'm doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, so, welcome everyone. Um, I hope uh, you have uh, you have had the chance to look back on some of the episodes we've been recording and talking about uh, different, you know, like just our thoughts. You know, mainly Ben's understanding of some of the key issues that we see that's prevalent in our society today. Of uh, as we kind of team the collapse before the collapse um based you know <clears throat> it's pretty i think it's just a very interesting um space that we're involved in and i think there's a lot of of interesting conversations that we we had in the last four episodes and um and i think this is uh, an interesting space for everyone i invite everyone to invite friends families just to listen to what we're talking about and provide us with feedback and give us a very good uh just give give us like your perspective for what you think we've been talking about, uh, so that we should not just be rambling, but something that can be of value to you. But Ben, what do you think? What, how do you think the fourth episode was, and how do you feel about us going to the fifth episode? Oh, it's exciting! I I, I like so much how consistent we're being and just yes. putting in the effort. You know, uh, it's it's new to me, uh, but happy to kind of explore this and to just try and to to be in motion so it, it feels good i'm i'm excited to see how how things evolve definitely definitely i think i heard something the other day is just um it's from this um uh football i mean he's a retired football player shannon sharp mm. um he's on uh undisputed with skip bellies and he said those uh i mean he said there's a difference between discipline and habit. Mm. Um, like habit is what actually drives your discipline. Like you have to create that habit mm. such that with time, you know, on the outside it looks like discipline, but the prime, like, you know, facilitator of that is your habit. That's so um, I think, I think with time, hopefully it just becomes like a habit. We don't even think about it. We just get on it. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. Which is pretty. I think that was really fascinating. But I think from last episode we talked about effective transformation, and you gave like a very good, like a solid, um, um, kind of ex- real life example, which goes back to episode three as well. You know, like uh, you through your experience with youth empowerment, but also like in a broader sense of how uh, kind of everything came together, like the, the integration of your of exposure of your faith, but also like, you know, mm. um, how you navigated this, this, this specifically this youth empowerment program that you did uh, well, a while back. And that gives you a sense of, you know, um, finding the root causes of some of this, uh, I don't I say like lack of unity, but mm. also like, unity itself not being the end goal, but a process to which we get to that final, uh, a space of what is who are we as humans right mm. like intrinsically there's something more to us than that and something beautiful can come out of of how we we define unity but also how we utilize it to get to something that's higher than ourselves mm. and, and get to something beyond that but i think that was a you know we, we and we realized that you no know, maybe talking about some of these examples might make it much more palatable and you know something that people can relate more to so that we're not just speaking abstracts, but mm. there's some context to what we're talking about. So I think b- before this, we discuss on what is the right, um, maybe provide more um, anecdotes, uh, more exa- real-life examples of what you have read or what you have been exposed to that gives more credence to some of these applicable programs, but also ideas and thoughts that have been implemented to some degree that that people can look to and say, yes, this is... Uh, this is this is this can work, and this is something that has been done before, mm. and thus it, it can be transcribed into something that we can apply in this COVID COVID war in, into the next new normal on how we navigate these challenges, which 
seem to uh, uh, seem to kind of challenge us, right? And but also give us the opportunity to create this unified, effective, unified process that can lead to effective transformation. So, uh, I want yeah, I want to give you the kind of the space to just maybe recap last episode if you want, but also kind of maybe take the floor into something that you have been exposed to that will help our listeners to understand that what we've been talking about in the last four episodes has some some credence to some applicable programs or projects or ideas that have been implemented before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, as you're kind of outlining that, it, it makes me think of a lot of different things. Um, maybe, so, so maybe what I can share on some level is different uh, experiences that some youth groups are having around the world um, yes. based on what I'm reading about and hearing about um, to give kind of that tangible uh, sense of how things are, are developing. Um, exactly. But I could, what, cool. what it also makes me think of and, and in connection to like all our previous conversations too is also again, why I think these principles of the oneness of humankind is so important um, and that I think it's easy to kind of discard uh, it as, you know, uh, just overly optimistic or naive or whatever it might be. Um, but it, so, so it, it makes me think of a, a quote from uh, Shogi Effendi, who was uh, uh, the guardian of the Baha'i faith. He was an appointed um, uh, uh, key uh like personal yeah he, he so 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 w without getting into too much detail uh, about yeah. him but he he was uh an important uh, an appointed uh uh person to uh help the baha'i world community uh continue wow. continue wow. its growth and um Definitely. he dedicated his entire life upon this appointment at a very young age in his early 20s uh, yeah. uh, to help the Baha'i community uh, understand more about what the what the Baha'i teachings were um, mm. that his his grandfather had kind of ex, uh, you know described and helped it, it was just basically a, a long I'm I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it but it, <laughs> oh. There's a whole system, there's a whole system of institutions within the Baha'i faith that are to allow uh, this continual learning process and learning about how to establish the institutions that the Baha'i teachings are envisioning. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so, so the, the, the quote that if, if it's okay for me to, to read a quote, and we, maybe we can talk about it. And then I can get into some some examples as well. But you know, feel free to definitely. guide this however you want, Jacob. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I think will add credence to what we're talking about. Please go ahead. Sure. Fine. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, so okay. So Shogi Effendi um, uh, says um, the the principle of the oneness of mankind is no mere outburst of ignorant emotionalism or an expression of vague and pious hope. Its appeal is not to be merely identified with a reawakening of the spirit of brotherhood and goodwill among men, nor does it solely aim at fostering a, of harmonious cooperation among individual peoples and nations. Its implications are deeper. Its claims are greater. Its message is applicable not only to the individual, but concerns itself primarily with the nature of those essential relationships that must bind all the states and nations as members of one human family. It does not constitute merely the enunciation of an ideal, but stands inseparably associated with an institution adequate to embody its truth, demonstrate its validity, and perpetuate its influence. It implies an organic change in the structure of present-day society, a change such as the world has not yet experienced. 
that's that's remarkable right so it's it's i i to me it just iterates again like whatever the the ideas are they're so deeply applicable to action and not in action not just as individuals but as a collective humanity uh as members of states and nations as the nations themselves are members of this human family so it's not just this nice ideal but it's directly associated with building an institution that can embody the truth of oneness of humanity (laughs) so just incredible profound implications from the oneness of humankind that we can just barely begin to grasp i think yep definitely i mean the he kind of i think he 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 kind of i mean he'll be a great guest for this podcast right yeah. um, if only <laughs> yeah if if only we had the strings maybe a listener will help us connect connect us to to him with no better um, maybe closeness to just acquaintance, mm. but I think you know it kind of embodies what we're trying to to translate uh, or to pass through in this podcast. That um, just that's well written and just well articulated in a way that uh, embodies the, the right philosophy of what what we need uh, mm. within ourselves, kind of to approach this. Mm. So. Um, but channeling that, how how are I, I, that's a very interesting read. Um, how do you how do you see that in other examples, or how do you connect that with some other um, uh, reads, uh, readings, or, or articles, or something that's other things that have been exposed to that kind of reaffirms this uh, this uh, very powerful read. Um, mm. um, or maybe just from a personal perspective, you know, so that, um, you know, we can actually see that this is something that can be a good foundation of how we discuss this uh, uh, kind of where we are and how we can actually kind of move forward the conversation mm. of, of uh, effective transformation, but also, you know, how we shift trends, mm. uh, creating new mindsets. Yes, yes. Great questions. Um, yeah. I think... I think, again, you know, the focusing in on this idea of the essential relationships that need to bind yeah. all of us in one human family. And, and so that, that directly relates to, I think, what uh, a lot of youth groups are potentially experiencing, like within this junior youth empowerment program that's, you know, inspired by the Pai teachings. Um, so, so, you know, w- with, with the coronavirus and its like its global impact on on everybody um it it's i think something that in inherently has the opportunity to be a uniting factor despite as much uh you know uh chaos it causes at the same time and suffering and all of these terrible things along the way but it it's it's also revealing uh, a lot of things to us about, I think, the inherent unity that exists. Um, and we can, we can avoid it or we can kind of turn towards it. But so to be more specific, I think some, some things that I've been hearing about and reading about are how young people across the states are, are engaged in community building. Uh, they are actively trying to think of, as young people, what can we do? To, to meet the needs of, of our communities. Um, the needs are becoming more and more obvious when we're in, under these circumstances. And so uh, what, what I think they're finding and what they're seeing themselves is that the connections that they have between themselves at, amongst the youth um, is, is very important for working together to help uh, build uh, networks in their own communities so that they can uh, connect with everybody or at least more people than they would have otherwise. And so the, the connections, the relationships um, are, are providing opportunities for them to uh, use this 
things that they're talking about in their groups, uh, about community, about oneness, about uh, what kinds of skills do we need in order to help people? What can we develop? And so um, what what I've, I've heard and read is, um, you know, there, there's one group that said something, one of the youth said they've developed tools over time to kind of map the volunteers and the materials in their neighborhood so that they can quickly connect people to whatever they might need. Um, so, so there's already like an existing network just through the natural collection of, of, uh, of materials or even just contact information. So it's not a bunch of people who are living isolated in the same geographic area. They actually yeah. are connected. And so that is a very, very basic thing, but it allows them to maybe collect and distribute things to people who are in need uh, in, in the neighborhood that they're growing up in themselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, from this, uh, just from my experience of kind of what I've seen so far is, I mean, um, it's just not even, not even like the ads of, of youth and, mm. and kind of the projects that I've set up. It's just kind of the, um, the, the shift of priorities mm. and you know it might I mean it might be it might be that the um I mean just, just among friends but also just kind of the conversation that have been going on uh that's on social media and stuff like that is more about uh people's well being rather than you know trying to well, go ahead in a certain project or you know try to reach, make a deal somewhere. It's all about I think there has been um, very good examples of, you know, so i just give one example. Mm -hmm. uh, it is uh, uh, my classmate, actually, from the MBA program at Babson College, which I did, uh, I did uh, two years, 2017 to 2019. She's based in Thailand, and there's this factory. I think um, the, the employees of that factory have lost their jobs, but what she did was that uh, with some support and and just kind of consolidating resources, she decided to keep these people's jobs. But now they're making masks mm. uh, for you know for the frontline for workers, but also for doctors and, and and all these people that are helping us a lot to kind of mitigate this crisis. So she shifted. I mean, she she's in fashion, like her, her prime mm. uh, um field of experience is fashion. I mean, she did her MBA with me as well, so she understands a lot about operational strategies and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of her focus is finance, some level of finance, um, you know, risk management and stuff like that. But she decided to reorient, reorientate her, mm. uh, her kind of what she's, how she defines her career into this, into this project. And Right now, she's actually you can actually um, request for orders, um, and she will she will she will put in this order to this factory for these people to be able to keep their jobs, but also providing a mask for, um, you know, for 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 us as well as most importantly for essential workers. But I think that's something that was very close that I could tell this is this is a new way of thinking. Right, mm -hmm. people are now realizing that. You can use your 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 skills, your soft skills, both your soft and hard skills to to apply in a way that we goes back to the foundation of like what, how can we add value not just at this COVID pandemic, but also like yeah. we are refocusing our attention to to you know what's important, people's lives, how we connect with others, how we help each other, right? And you know, so I think that was pretty cool. I mean, um, and. You know, I am looking forward to what she can do, but you know that this is just one example of the many. Uh, I think I think maybe going to what you you're illustrating with the network that people are kind of creating between resources versus need, um, and I think that is something that we are seeing more and more of, and hopefully this is something that's not short term but has a long term effect on how we can transition into. Something beyond that, not just from healthcare perspective, but from education, uh, how we look at the economy and you know how we look at ourselves, right, in the communities. Absolutely, absolutely. I that that's awesome. I mean, that's such a great example too of 
of I think shifting, like you said, kind of our orientation, our 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 mindset to to think. Uh, what what is the priority here, uh, and how do we use the resources that we have? I, that that makes me think of so many other things too. Well, so so one thing I kind of want to preface preface uh, these things with too is like in, in in my examples, I think in most cases, uh, especially with the youth spiritual youth empowerment program, um, is that you know the. The, we're, we're, we're not sharing these examples to say like, okay, everyone go do this. And this is going to like make the world fixed, you know, and I think that's kind of one of the, the deeper, longer term, uh, more subtle ways that this program is going to be so effective and, and transformative is that so many of our endeavors in, in the world are focused on finding a solution, finding a formula or a method, and then executing on it over and over and expecting the outcomes to somehow bring about, I don't know, world peace or like, you know, the eradication of some diseases or whatever it is. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't have that goal in mind, but also thinking about how whatever, whatever we're doing, what what may be the most important is is the learning that we're engaged in and that we're we're trying to build a community that has a discourse that allows for not just reflection but for inclusive uh consultation to to continue trying and learning from everything that we're doing so that we're not just uh you know establishing new habits and behaviors that will be unchanging in the future like we need to remain uh pliable and responsive to the real unfolding and changing world that we're living in and so i think we kind of seek a certain simplicity where we're hoping that we discover the thing that we execute like the quick fix kind of perspective where in fact the quick fix might actually cause a lot of problem in the future if we haven't cultivated a, a, a learning attitude, a humble attitude of, of reflection and being ready to change our assumptions. Um, and, and so I think that, that to me is, is one of the most important things. So, so to, to share examples is, is one thing, but then to also realize it's not just a cookie cutter situation of like, okay, once we figure that out in this neighborhood, let's go make that happen in every country of the world. No, I think that that's the, again, the diversity aspect of, of unity is it, it's, it's organic, it's complex. The world and reality is, is constantly changing. And so every, every, locale has its own needs and its own history and uniqueness that we also have to be very attentive to. Um, so, yep. so, I, so creativity is, is kind of a core aspect of this as yeah. well, right? Definitely, definitely. I mean, kind of, I mean, what you just said is like, is, is, I, think it's, it, I think that's what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the examples, because it's all about, we always want cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point where, um, you know, uh, let me say provided that there's a vaccine that comes up for COVID-19, I think, or a a drug. And that is, that'll be really amazing. And that'll be really um, great um, just to address this issue at the moment. At the same time, it's like, if we don't learn what we had to learn from this experience and, and, you know, uh, never, never want this to happen. But maybe, probably, this happens again in the future. If we don't have the the learning, the learnings that this gave mm-hmm. us, we might get into the same trap because we're definitely looking just at uh, solutions to address the specific crisis, mm-hmm. rather than looking about what's the bigger picture here. What was the the lessons that we had to pick up from here? So that if this happens again, beyond the um, which I hope it never does, but if we don't really pick what was more important than the solution itself, then we lose the mm-hmm. whole meaning of the whole uh, the whole opportunity here. So I think that's very, very common. I think that's a very, very great example of 
what we are trying to communicate in this podcast, right? It's all about um, looking at something that is as long term that no matter the situation, um, you can still thrive as 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 people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's it's not. Uh, I mean, we we have talked a lot about, um, you know, we have this we kind of begin on something to be that final goal, but at some point it always depreciates or, you know, it doesn't give the right results. So we tend to um, try, we, t- we tend to look at other things to say, oh, maybe that might be the reason why or something like that. So, but I think kind of what you clearly articulated is very, very important mm-hmm. um, on how we just look at solutions, but also the means to the mm. solutions. More importantly, what would be the shift in the mindset once we are building the solutions, mm. right? Um, so I, I I think I really applaud like that that we are reassessment of how we are talking about these examples mm. that I think we have been giving in this episode. Absolutely, episode. absolutely. Yeah, and at the same time I don't mean to like discount examples and accomplishments and and things that are achieved around the world because that's how we learn right like that that still is super significant um i just do think that uh it's the approach to learning that that might be one of the more intrinsic uh or key key elements of 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 what we're yeah what what allows lasting change Come. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, just I mean, I, I know this episode we don't have to kind of give one thousand examples. Um, I think it was just I think what was kind of uh, you know, kind of something that is very specific, but also kind of like you know, like uh, hit mm. on the nail. Have been you know, and I think one of the examples you did the one the example that you provided. Mm. Was was very meaningful in terms of how we think about this, um, but just 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 now to I mean, just kind of to maybe do a comparison. And, and I know we have not, we mentioned that we we shouldn't talk about. Um, I mean, we, we should not focus more on solutions, but you know, we should not discount how good the solutions are because they give us mm-hmm. the benchmark on how we have done. But how do um, fellow listeners or you know people that are interested in this space and are looking forward to uh, being to join an organization or to or studying mm-hmm. one what should be the like the checklist that they go through um, such that they don't get caught up in solutions mm-hmm. only um, but at the same time they're not too ideological mm-hmm. right um just based on your i mean working with the empowerment program what is the the checklist i mean it's just like someone starting a company what are the things that the person has to do to make sure the company is legal you know he has the right mm-hmm. co-founders you know he, he has the right investment um, necessary to have a runway for like three to six months before he starts yeah you. what's what's kind of um from your experience with the youth empowerment program stuff like that what do you think is a, the proper checklist to look at if that is something that some of our listeners want to start getting involved in with COVID-19 or maybe climate change, all these other big problems that are opportunities for us to get together. But at the same time, there are very uh, interesting processes that might actually build this, um, um, this mm. behavior character that can lead to this ultimate goal of realizing our human potential mm, community mm. yeah that's a great question um so so um i mean well if, on on some level like if if you happen to already know a baha'i and you are particularly <laughs> interested in anything that the baha'is are doing yeah. definitely ask them about yeah. it see what's happening where you live you know um there there are baha'is and so many places that there's a likelihood that there is a Baha'i community already involved and engaged some in some way. 
um, or at least close by. That would be one one way to to begin, or or, or just like even Agreed. reaching out to me. I'm happy to talk with you or or connect people to other people who are involved in this. Um, but but I think so. So reach out yeah. today. Reach yeah. out today. <laughs> On our website. Feel free. It. Feel free. Um, I, so so. I think though, like maybe once you've decided, like if you do want to, um, you know, be a part of the junior youth program or even the children's classes and things like this, there there's uh, a series of of books that are really just kind of um, the beginning of asking a lot of these questions, trying to think of what are the implications again of these ideas in in my own life. Uh, there, there's like a whole series of books, and then some of them are more targeted on uh, the Junior Youth Empowerment Program itself. And so, um, you know, some of that's that's asking these big philosophical questions, but also, again, like, what do we do to put these kinds of things into practice so that we can en engage in this learning process? But um, to, to be, again, maybe a little more specific, uh, from my own experience with, with the Junior Youth Empowerment Program, I, I think what, one thing was learning how in most programs, I found that I was always directed towards talking with the parents of, of the young people first. And um, that's not a bad thing to do, but what I found was and trying to put the the core ideology of the of the program into action was seeing if you can talk with the junior youth and directly the, with themselves and and figure out who they are learn who they are ask about them what do they care about and you know show interest in them and and my my experience um of of talking with youth first was really, I think, eye-opening because I think so many youth are not used to being treated as though they have autonomy that they can make their own decisions. Um, and just being treated that way seemed to open them up and to, you know, I, when I would ask, what, what do they care about? <laughs> and what, what do they see happening in their neighborhood? What what do they like about it? What don't they like about their neighborhood? What are the difficulties that they're facing as young people? That was that that had the potential to open some some people up to to start talking about it because I wasn't going around trying to recruit people through their parents so that their parents would force them into it because that that impacts their enthusiasm, you know. Um, and so when they were agreeing and deciding that they wanted to be a part of this and then we'd talk to their parents that that had so much more potency you know that that had a lot of impact for the youth because they they had something that they wanted to do and uh, you know so many times the parents were enthusiastic happy and even surprised that they're 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 uh you know, teenager wanted to be a part of something like that. And so I, I found that to be important as kind of an initial step is having conversations with people uh, about these kinds of ideas and topics. That, that, that makes sense. I think it's like, you know, like who is really your, your target market? I mean, that sounds very business-like, but uh, kind of who are the people that you really want to impact that, it should be part of the conversation. Um, and it's more, I think, it's some, to some degree, it's like giving them the ultimate respect of, like, you are the front line of, of, this, um, of, this, of this situation. Or let me say, um, um, I mean, as extremely can be, like, a crisis that we're in right now. You are the front line of this. And I would like to talk to you directly to give you that uh, attention that you need to be able to understand how much valuable you are to address this problem. Yes. Uh, so I think um, I think that's a very good recipe on how we approach just a specific problem, but also how we think about this uh, large macro um, 
topics, but themes that um, might seem a little bit too abstract, but at the same time, it's all about like as simple as you can get, you know, like what's the communication level that you get with someone that you're trying to engage with to do something together, but also how do you make that in a very respectful way, mm-hmm. right? And give them that, that, uh, like it's a transfer of confidence, but also um, just the, 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 that, like the acknowledgement of the abilities yeah. um, that, you know, it's not, doesn't have to be a summation of the whole, you know, uh, you know, from a top down approach, yes. but this, this can come from within and you have the capacity to do that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, again, it goes back, I think, to the relationships and the connections that we are forming because um, it, it, it then requires us to actually hopefully get to know people for who they are. Exactly. And yeah. as simple as that sounds and reductionist or whatever, it, it really like that's that's the glue that connects all of us you know it's the the quality and the character of the relationship and the way in which it can grow and the the nature of the discourse and the actions that are being taken and the behaviors like all of these things are almost unseen and unquestioned but they're so essential to how uh collective groups of people uh, take shape and 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 behave and and move and don't move and all of that kind of stuff. I I think it's it it, shape, it reshapes our concept of us versus them. You know, it, it it's again a widening of the the circle of unity in a very tangible yeah. and real way. And and maybe again to try and bring back to some other examples that I've heard, this isn't necessarily the, this isn't the junior youth program, but um, in, in my own studies, we, we would look at different case studies within, within conflict resolution and within conflict transformation. And um, yeah, if I, if I can share one example, it, it was involving more uh, like non, non-profit or non-governmental organizations. Um, uh, who are who are involved in uh, you know social and economic development initiatives, where uh, from from what I from what I remember, um, there was a NGO in um, you know a small <laughs> country. I, I won't I won't provide specific nationalities involved, but it you know. It could mimic it could mimic kind of a colonial situation, <laughs> but of course it's social yeah. and economic development. So there's this yeah. uh, you know country that might be considered impoverished, uh, and an NGO from like a a, a wealthier uh, <laughs> European uh, country. And so what they were trying to do was provide water for a. Uh, village uh, that just had no access to water. You know, people have been walking miles upon miles just to bring water back to their own village. Um, And so they started building this pipes system from, from a bigger village uh, to, to that other village. And they had, you know, hired out and contracted different, um, uh, construction companies in order to start build, building this, right? And the, this pipe system. And what they, they were having real difficult times because a lot of their machinery was either getting sabotaged or their materials were getting stolen and they were just not having uh, any, any real success. Like every step of the way they were getting blocked through these kinds of acts and they couldn't understand why or how to prevent it. And, um, you know, I think first thoughts are like, how do you catch these criminals? How do you get these people who are, who are destroying this good initiative to, to help this people? But um, the, this uh, NGO 
ended up uh, hiring some contractors who I think yeah. came from a conflict resolution background and were trying to understand why is this happening? <laughs> that was their first question. Yeah. Like, what's the actual cause? Like, why, why, are, why would people try and stop this? And so what they find through, you know, getting to know people in the community and, and uh, widening the circle of conversation and not just relying purely on what the NGO was saying was the, the pipe system was going right through another village on the way to the village mm -hmm. that was in need. But it turns out that the village that mm -hmm. this piping was going through also was in need of water. Um, and <laughs> uh, wow. so it, it was partly people from this middle uh, village who were you know, sabotaging and stealing things. And they were finding that a lot of the stuff was being sold on the black market because it had no direct use yeah. for them. So they were selling it. Yeah. So it, it, mm. it became known that this village was in need and they too uh, we're lacking resources. And so mm, instead mm. of like coming up with like a, a security <laughs> approach or like uh, a, a way of uh, finding out, finding criminals, it was a realization that these people weren't like actively trying to harm the situation. They were trying to yeah. survive. <laughs> And uh, they too would benefit from from water being piped through their through their village, um, and yeah. so you know this this I'm surely so oversimplifying this whole situation, but but to me like it it, it shows that uh, it's a reconceptualization of people. You know, we we I think have often been trained to consider people as good or bad and criminals or not criminals or you know whatever these dichotomies are that we split people into uh that are just very negative and assume uh like at the core people are good or they're bad but instead it's more of a widening of seeing what are the causes of of crime what are the what are the causes and needs that people have and how how do we, what yeah. what do we do with that? So, the the solution that the the uh, contractor uh, was given was, uh, what if we hire the people who are selling this these goods on the black market? And you know that was kind of shocking. It's like what you you think our NGO should hire the very people who are actively stopping. Uh, us from achieving our our purpose here and and it was yeah that that was the solution suggested because they need like they would benefit from having an income they would have no reason to sabotage or steal anymore and why don't you also uh have the water system also piping water into the the neighborhood that the pipes already going through and why don't you also learn about the culture here? Like the, the, the discourse of the community often happens around water sources, you know, whether it's, it's people who are, are getting water for their families or doing, you know, the laundry of the family, whatever it might be. That's where a lot of community discussion goes on. And what if, you know, that could be a, a good thing between neighborhoods or, or between the villages or there, there are so many different kinds of initiatives that could have come out of that to help the, the communities themselves. And, um, and that was, that just came through a, a deepening of the connections, the interconnections and seeing the reality of the situation and figuring out and, and seeing people beyond just these, societal labels that we give them exactly i mean that's i mean that is that is incredible i think just looking at that it's just like you know um from just one reassessment you're able to find first of all one target the problem 
Mm. Um, um, and you say the problem is an opportunity. From that opportunity, you create more opportunities. Mm. Mm. And from those more opportunities, you, you go beyond just the, the act of the solution, but also you kind of rebuild the, the meaning of what you were trying to do mm. to begin with. Um, so it starts from just an action that kind of that's it's a misunderstanding, if mm. I can put it that way, of people's intentions, but also your 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 ability to impact change in a way that was based on your own perspective. Mm. But then you look at the solution and say, uh, that might have created a problem within this, based on your example. You switch it, you flip mm. it on the other side, it's like, your solution created a problem, but the problem itself was an opportunity for you to see the value of more opportunities mm. that could create solutions that uh, leads to all more actions. Yeah. Um, that in its, by itself, you know, creates the full meaning of what, what, what the essence of what I think every nonprofit is trying to achieve: empower mm. people so that people can eventually empower themselves. I guess recently, I don't think in the, in the past, but I guess recently people are trying to mm. empower people. So um, that is a really good example. I don't want to distract because I think you are lady clearly, but I think that's that's a very good way to kind of end this mm. episode mm. on that, people to reflect on that. I, I think, you know, um, that example is something that can just like uh, be something I would think about. Uh, our listeners should hopefully be thinking about as we are trying to think of solutions mm. in quotation now mm. on how to think, how to address COVID in your own small way, uh, COVID-19, but also how, how can we think of building ourselves up in our communities uh, post-COVID. But I would like to make a suggestion. I think maybe next time, maybe we can invite someone to come mm. in here podcast and ask us a few questions. What That'd do you think? That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll just give the suggestion out there. Um, maybe the someone who is curious to kind of um, uh, uh, be part of this conversation, but also ask us questions that uh, might lead to a very fruitful conversation. I know this is a kind of a risky bit. Yeah. <laughs> we can invite someone. We can invite someone that might just <laughs> might just act very. You know, I like it. But I think, yeah, I think that would be a very good way to kind of um, get the listeners involved. So uh, when uh, when this episode come out, I'll I'll, I'll put out the suggestion, um, so that we can actually engage with you guys on a very uh, on a very personal episode and the caveat and the. The kick, the kicker is like you're gonna be on one of our episodes too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I kind of throw it out there, and I think it'd be a great way to continue, like to really engage with you guys. Kind of going back to the example, Ben, like how do you really connect with the people who are trying to help? That's great. Right? Maybe we should bring in someone who, uh, uh, and we actually realize, oh, maybe there are more opportunities. Definitely, um, definitely. No, that that's what I appreciate so much about you, Jacob. Is your you're in this world acting and I have a tendency to be philosophical and in, in ideas, but I so badly want to take action. So that's, I'm, I'm grateful to you for, for doing that and thinking of ways to be, to be active. No, definitely. I mean, you, you add, you add so much value as well. I mean, and don't run away. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I know, I, I know you're sure, but yeah, I think that would be a great way to, to in your own small way to show the meaning of what you were trying to yeah. say, right? The people have to be part of it. So like, we're not just talking to people, but we're talking with people. Yes. Um, so um, that'll be so that'll be a great solution, uh, a great uh, invite. Uh, I think a great invitation. So anyone out there who wants to join uh, next episode, um, you can think of questions we uh, that you would like to ask us based on the f- the the first five episodes or based on our five first five episodes and uh, come with as many questions. Uh, I know Ben in, in, uh, initially earlier in this episode um, uh, suggested you could reach out to him. Um, so. And in addition to that, we will invite you to join us as well. So, um, so Ben, thanks, thanks again for 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 being for being for being here um, on the other side of this. Absolutely phone. beautiful. <laughs> no, thank you, Jacob. This is this is yeah. beautiful.
do you want to i know the, the story you 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 gave and do you want to end with a final quote i know the quotes any final quotes is a very good good way to live a, a, a lasting impact so do you have any interesting thing to add on or uh, let me any last minute thoughts that you can leave our listeners with yeah yeah well so it it, it brings this up for me that there's this quote from uh abdul baha uh who is the the son of the founder of the baha'i faith uh and there there's this quote where he he kind of poses this question which i i think is nice to to consider um he goes um and the the honor and distinction of the individual consists in this that he among all the world's multitudes should become a source of social good. Is any larger bounty conceivable than this? That an individual looking within himself should find he's become the cause of peace and well-being, of happiness and advantage to his fellow human, human beings. No, there's no greater bliss, no more complete delight. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Can you just repeat the last, Absolutely. last sentence? Yeah. So, yeah. so after those two questions, um, or, or should I ask the question itself too? Okay. Yes, ask the question itself too. Okay. Uh, the is is any larger bounty conceivable than this? That an individual looking mm-hmm. within himself should find that he has become the cause of peace and well-being of mm. happiness and advantage to his fellow human beings. That's good. That's good. I mean, that'll be, that'll be a question we'll leave with you guys, uh, our fellow listeners. And we were very grateful to you guys. Um, whoever is listening, I would love that you guys will engage with us next episode. We're going to, um, I'm going to kind of, kind of pitch it out there if you comment um or just do a random selection um and and you'll be in the next episode so and you can ask us any questions you can please advise you go back and listen to some of our episodes so you have some context to to access and please we'll we'll be willing to address anything that you have have in mind within the context of what i've been talking about in the last five episodes and the feed episode right now so um Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Ben, thanks for always showing, uh, giving us the wisdom, uh, showing us how to think about some of the topics we've been discussing. So I'm excited about how far we've gone. I'm also I'm more excited about how how long this journey will be. So Absolutely. Thank you, thank you Jacob. Grateful for this. Thank you, man. Yes. Okay, guys. See you guys next episode. We'll have an additional guest. Uh, thanks. Thank you, guys. Bye.